Our next guests are the co-hosts of the very popular radio program entitled The Big Show. The Big Show. This is The Big Show. They call me Hollywood. Here come The Big Show. Big Show. show. Ladies and gentlemen, The Big Show. It's a big show. Is everybody ready? Uh Uh-oh. Guess what day it is. Guess what day it is. Huh? Anybody? Hey, guess what day it is. Oh, come on. I know you can hear me. It's hump day. Hump day? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It is the big show. Austin, I have a bad echo in the old ear. If we could do something about that. Uh, Jake, hanging out with you today at the warehouse. Thank you very much. That is gone. Come on by and see us. Uh, price is so low, it'll blow your mind. It's the warehouse. Don't forget about their Orem location as well, 86 East University Parkway. Of course, we'll catch up with our friend Tom throughout the show. Austin Horton producing today back at our Carrier Zone studios at Vivint Arena and safely social distancing from Casa de Monson, the one, the only Gordon Monson. Gordon, hello. Hello, Gordon. We will catch up with Gordon uh, sometimes. He was he was there before the show. Maybe it's the snow. Uh, Austin, I'll, I'll start out the show this way. I want to say a happy Veterans Day uh, to everybody out there. A, a hearty thank you from us, from the big show, from me personally, to everybody out there uh, who has served this fine country. Uh, you have my admiration and my thanks and I believe Gordon is with us now. Happy Veterans Day, Gordon. Happy Veterans Day to you. Uh, do you uh, are you close to any veterans? Uh, well, I've I've certainly got uh, yes. Actually, one of my best friends uh, just got out of the army uh, a couple of months ago. Uh, very proud of him. Uh, multiple tours overseas. He uh, he made it to the rank of captain. So uh, pretty. Uh, admire him to death. He's the, he's the best. But uh, my uh, both my grandfathers uh, served. Uh, my grandpa on my mom's side uh, very actively served under uh, General Patton in North Africa and then Whoa. was uh, in uh, Merrill's Marauders in Burma uh, serving his country in World War II. So I always, uh, boy, I always looked up to him for that. Pretty, pretty amazing stuff. So, yeah, very proud of, of those in my family that have served. As the uh, line from the movie goes, uh, they called him, uh, what do they call him, old blood and guts? Yep. His guts, our blood. <laughs> yep. Uh, love that movie. But, uh, I, yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, as you know, I'm a student of history and uh, really have enjoyed uh, studying up on various uh, things, uh, especially like World War II and such. And, man, when I see what uh, veterans have done, it, it, it's just remarkable. Just remarkable. Those who are in combat and those who are just keeping an eye out, uh, a tip of the cap to all veterans everywhere. Well, I can't leave out actually one other member of my family who served, Gordon. My great-grandfather on my mom's side was the first Utah to graduate from the Naval Academy. Oh, really? That's cool. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty proud of that uh, whole thing and, and grateful for those that, uh, that choose to choose to serve pretty amazing especially in today's day and age gordon where of course uh you know people's willingness to go serve their country with no uh there's not a draft anymore you know they make it possible for for you know uh those of us who who decide not to to not serve as well so i mean i i am really grateful uh, for those that have served i like veterans day for that for that reason yeah makes you think about it not that you shouldn't think about it every day but it it drives home uh, appreciation it's a good feeling the only thing I don't like about it is it always marks the beginning of, you know. We know you don't weather. like winter, and uh, it is snowing uh, quite hard down here at the warehouse, actually. So for those folks driving around in the winter conditions, take it easy. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, uh, man, I'll tell you, if you had a relative who graduated from the Naval Academy, Jake, you, <laughs> you must have some brain power in your, in your family ties. 
Oh man, I don't know. I don't know how it missed me. I have some pretty talented people in my family and in my family tree. But... Your dad, your dad's really smart. Your mom is smart. Uh, so it, it it stands to reason that you're as brilliant as you are. Yeah, it, I, I disappoint them on a daily basis. I really do. And and the best part about it is I do it publicly. So that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> we, we were talking about that the other day, remember? <laughs> How we all disappoint our parents in yeah. one way or another. And it was somebody, somebody didn't somebody uh, text into us or, or, or tweet something about that that was really funny? I think it was you, Chester Trailer, or something. But uh, sent in a really funny tweet about how someone who had accomplished all these different things and they still were a disappointment to their parents. Still disappointing parents <laughs> on a daily basis. The big I show. I told you, my, doc, my dad is like going through when I was in high school, he's going through all the different things I could study in college and implying uh, in his own subtle way that maybe doctoring would have been a good way to go. Uh, <laughs> It didn't quite work out that way. He couldn't say, my son, the doctor. Well, I, and that wasn't even second on your uh, choice of occupations, right? I mean, culinary arts was number two. <laughs> I don't not, like to see that my what dad's face. Us? If I had told him, yeah, dad, I want to be a, I want to be a chef. I'm going to go off to Paris and uh, learn my craft. No, it was, uh, he, he, <laughs> he was good. He was good. It just at first, I think he wondered. <laughs> I love that stuff about you know, Bruce Springsteen talking about what his dad thought about him wanting to be a musician. And his dad is like, what? What does his dad do for an occupation? Because they're from New Jersey, right? So probably blue collar New Jersey. He was Jersey? a professional juggler, I think. You know. He was a juggler. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> he spun a those plates. career. All you old-timers out there, remember on the uh, Ed Sullivan show or his various uh, <laughs> variety shows, the, the guys that would, would spin the spin the plates on a stick, you know, and keep them spinning? You ever seen that, or is that just uh, for I've the I've seen old that, folk? yeah. Mm-hmm. Red Panda, a Hall of Famer for doing just that thing. By the way, uh, Douglas Frederick Springsteen was a professional bus driver. So. Okay. Oh, there you go. All right. He was juggling bus routes. I, I want, I, you know, should we even ask the question? If you, if you've disappointed your parent, one of your parents, <laughs> tweet at us. Let us know. Wow. <laughs> See, here we, we, I don't we want we, you we, to have to relive all that, but uh, I just wonder, you know. Couldn't have left it at Happy Veterans Day, huh? Yeah, here we go from a topic of appreciation <laughs> and a Happy Veterans Day to everybody out there to go right to how have you disappointed your parents? <laughs> <laughs> to you know, your your innermost negative feelings. How, let's uh, dial it up eight five five three four zero zone. Let us know because let us let us help you feel better about yourself. Wow! Because that's... you know, because we we're more objective. You know, we can we can view. Why don't you go ahead and and tweet at us? Tell us what your profession is, and we'll we'll build you up. Or we'll say why your parents should be disappointed about you. <laughs> no, no, we won't. No. We might. Oh, we're about establishing positivity here. Since when? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> but, hey, uh, uh, a quick, uh, a quick show, comma business note, Gordon. Before we get things uh, going off, can I reserve uh, at least a a spot in the not sports report today? Just a sliver. Why not? Everybody else is stealing it. <laughs> wow! Why are First of all, you have just, no shred of evidence of a stolen nut sports report. <laughs> would, would I? First of all, would I be? It's what I believe, and I'm hanging on to it until, until you know, kingdom come. Would I, I be know. stealing it if I asked your permission to participate? That doesn't. No, no, not a, you're always me. welcome. You're always okay. welcome. Too. All right, thank you. I, I, I just know that's your baby, but there's, there's something that I've got to get to today. There's a story out there, and it's actually a local one, that okay. just, that just uh-huh. had me. Laughing at at things that you probably shouldn't be laughing about. Oh, so inappropriate humor. Inappropriate. Speaking of my grandfather on my my mother's side, he was he found humor in the most inappropriate things. I I think that's maybe where I get it from. Oh yeah, like what? Give us one example. Oh, I don't know. He he was he was uh, very firm in his political views, and he viewed the other side as hysterical. 
Huh. Okay. It's not quite like the time a, a, a listener of the big show called in to tell Gordon about the travails he had uh, gone through in life, you know, losing a leg and Gordon laughing at him. So. Yeah. Oh, here, oh did, here. I, did, I, did I laugh at somebody yeah. did that? <laughs> no, I didn't. Yeah, I did. that's, yeah. that's, <laughs> that's a that's, true story. That's fake news. Nope. Oh, Gordon, here, I'll give you an example. Uh, my grandfather's favorite, his, the movie that he found the funniest was Fargo. That's the type of humor that, that he found really that funny. That is dark. Yeah, mm. he loved that movie. He loved the movie Fargo. Uh, okay. Do you, think, do you think some of that was generational? What, uh, that sense of humor? No, I yeah. think that sense oh. of humor is still alive and well. Mm. All right, I just... You know, it, it remind, when you were telling me that story and I was thinking about veterans, it reminded me of a guy I knew who was, uh, let's just say he had a rugged life, a rugged early life. There was all kinds of stuff going on. And really, this is a tale of, uh, of, uh, of a positive tale uh, because he, he did all kinds of crazy things and he, ended up, and he was in the Navy and he got the big tattoos on each of his arms, you know. Uh, I think it was a it was a topless dancer, on on both arms, and uh, he ended up being uh, he ended up finding uh, some balance in his life, and he got religion, and he ended up being a, an LDS bishop, but he still had the tats on his arm. Not a surprise that you noticed. Did you say tats on his arm? <laughs> 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 I'm sorry. <laughs> See, Gordon, yeah. we don't want, we don't need this this disappointment thing. Like, like, look at no, this. No, no, it's not disappointing. There's nothing disappointing about that. He he found his way. No, 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 no. I'm 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 moving on for a second because we just got this tweet that says I'm uh, I'm divorced, no longer LDS, <laughs> realtor and real estate developer. Parents are definitely disappointed. Uh, oh, all right. Well, how can and we, we are too. Up? Thanks for no, tweeting. No, him. no. Let's think about it. Think about all the things he's accomplished. He just listed a bunch of them off. That's all good stuff, <laughs> right? A real estate developer, and he, you know, sounds like he's made something good out of his uh, existence. Come on, let's look at the bright side. Lisa, my wife's always yelling at me, telling me I need to be more positive. Let's be more positive. Don't be down on yourself, or don't feel like uh, there's, there's no kind of. Uh, you might want to, you know. I hope you have a good relationship with your parents still, but. You know, it sounds to me like he's lived a really productive life. Yeah, I, and you're now trying to get him to scrape his negative feelings and, and share them with the show. You know, <laughs> no, I'm not. More, uh, no. You know, yeah. That's That'll be $135 for the therapy. No, it's to celebrate the good things that he's done. You okay. know, that's the thing. Uh, I mean, uh, I mean well, your dad, uh, Jake, is, uh, is a very well-educated engineer. Right. Yeah. And 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 you're a radio talk show host. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> With Gordon. <laughs> yeah. and, and look, look, your dad's accepted you. Has he though? <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point, actually. <laughs> I'm uncertain. That's a that's a real heavy assumption on your part. <laughs> All right, get down here to the warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West. We'll talk to Tom. Price is so low that it'll blow your mind. But first, let's get to the split story of the day. Austin. Two guys, two topics, two, two, two. two opinions. You talk. Give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. We've managed to work through every other issue so far. I think we have a, a, a constructive relationship with them. We share all information. We look at our various business models together. So, I, you know, I, I think while no doubt there will be issues and, and there will be some difficult negotiations ahead, I, I, I fully expect we'll work them out as we always have. There you go. That's uh, Adam Silver in the bubble as the NBA is coming back, Gordon. And a week from today will be draft night. How about that? This yeah. This just it, snuck up on us. It sure did. And I've seen... We'll, we can get into this as the show goes on, but I've seen a lot of guesses as to who the Jazz are interested in, and uh, some of them are, are pretty fascinating, actually. But yeah, we, we, it was kind of like uh, it was just sort of hold on, hold it, hold it. You know what it was like? It was like in the movie Braveheart 
when uh, Mel Gibson or what's his name, William Wallace, he's telling the guys to hold their position as the horses are galloping toward them. And he says, hold, hold, hold. And then, boom, they pull up the spears and they stab all the horses. <laughs> no, it's, it's not a pretty scene. <laughs> anyway, we were, we've been holding, and now it's, it's go time, man. I, I wonder, I, I'll be curious to see what the Jazz do, because they need a player that can impact immediately. They can't take a project. We've, we've talked about this. And I wonder if they, they are considering uh, trying to parlay that pick into something else, if we might see some fireworks, because they know, you know, we all watched the bench last year. Uh, they need another piece. They need an uh, a additional depth, somebody that can contribute. And maybe that player is there in the early 20s. It's just not. Usually it's not right. Usually you're you're getting to more of a project type player as you get down that far. So I'm I'm actually really curious to see what it is the the Jazz decide to do. Well, then their options are to either move up or, uh, as far as it purely as it pertains to the draft, move up or or draft somebody who uh, who they just want to take a flyer on. And sometimes there are those guys available. The the names I've seen. Uh, some of them are kind of pro- not project projects, but people who need need some seasoning before they can really contribute, and that's what you would expect at that at that point in the draft. Well, you're you're now. This might be an interesting convo, uh, and uh, Gordon, maybe we ask David about it later. But you're going to get a flawed player in the twenties, yeah, right? I mean, or there, at least one who's be... perceived perceived to be flawed, or has certain weaknesses, right? Uh-huh. I mean, you're just you know if you are. Uh, you know, six eight, built like LeBron, and can shoot from the outside. You're probably not going twenty one. So, I wonder what flaw would be acceptable. You know, like for example, like Paul Millsap played right away uh, when he was a rookie. He was a a, a rotational player under Jerry Sloan, at a, which who was notoriously, shocking he was out yeah. of the round, yeah. <laughs> and he uh, Jerry notoriously uh, did not uh, play rookies sometimes. Uh, Paul played played right away, and it's it's not because he was the offensive player that he is now. It's because he played hard and he rebounded exceptionally well. There was a mm-hmm. role for him. He could go out there and contribute to the team right away because he was ready to rebound. So I wonder what that characteristic would be uh, for the Jazz this year. Would it be, you know, you need a physical defender? Would it be you need a, a shooter? I don't think they need well, a point guard or a big. I think it's I think it's a wing player. But you have said you think they need more size, right? Like you know, what what would you would you go for a player who's who's got the size? You know, like a six seven athlete, but but couldn't shoot the ball if he tried. Uh, yeah, that's a good question. That that's a good question because remember what Dennis Lindsay said at, at the press conference. Uh, he said that the Jazz were looking for someone who could uh, help them on their defensive end and uh, not compromise the offense spacing-wise with shooting. So, I don't think that player exists at that part well, of the Well, okay, let me give you an example because this is one that I've heard some of the guys at the Trib, and, uh, and I just looked up uh, CBS's, CBS Sports' uh, latest mock draft. And it has the Jazz taking Josh Green, the guard out of Arizona. He's six six. Uh, he was just a freshman, and it says Josh Green remains a work in progress as he's not really a reliable playmaker yet. But the six six wing is a high level athlete who definitely has the potential to develop into someone worthy of being selected in the twenties. What what does that mean? <laughs> Translate Gordon. Go ahead. I don't know. I'm like, okay, uh, well, um, okay, he's athletic, and he could be a playmaker one day. But uh, being worthy of being selected in the 20s doesn't exactly inspire great hopes, does it? No. You know, but and, and I'll the- say, but I remember reading the scouting reports. On Steve Nash, Jake, I've brought this up with you a hundred times because I, I remember it so clearly, reading all of his deficiencies, all the things he couldn't do coming out of college. Well, he turned out all right. I don't know whether – do you help me remember? Did he contribute right away? It seems like it was spotty at first, and he 
grew into his role with various teams. But, uh, you know, it's that everyone always asks the question. You want someone who can, who's limited, has a lower ceiling, but might be able to get you a few rebounds now, as opposed to that guy who can round into something that you're really, really going to find useful for a long time. See, I, I think you've got to go with the former rather than the latter in this, in this particular case. Because, because uh, he, Donovan is moving into his prime now, and Rudy is there now, and and they, they need, need the help. piece now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they need the piece now. Like uh, what they can't do is draft Mo Almond and just completely swing <laughs> and miss. You know what I mean? Yeah, everyone's got those, I guess. But yeah, I hear you. I mean, you can't you can't whiff because you need you need it, or or you need to trade it because they need somebody who's going to come in and contribute. Right so what about all the Jazz's talk about uh, developing players, making, making, building something out of uh, what was considered not that, that much? You know, that's sort of the Jazz's M.O. Well, it was when, the they were, when they were rebuilding and trying to, to you know, take, keep, keep taking the next step. But right now, I mean, Gordon, you, you look at the, the Western Conference, the Jazz, right now, what are the maybe the fifth best team, sixth best team? So what do you? That's striking range, man. What do you? What do you do to become the second yeah. best team? Yeah, or the first, remember, you know, or the best. You know what? What? What do pieces do you need? You're not developing it to be the second best team in the West three years from now. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you loud and clear. And remember when we talked with Gordy Chase about that? We asked him that question point blank: whether the guys who were on the roster now, whether there was any of those young fellows that could could rise up and, and help make the difference in the West. And he said, nope. Right. He did. I mean, it doesn't mean they can't help in some way or another, but not enough to make up that ground. Right. I, yeah. And coaches often wise. All right, Gordon, uh, you've been columning today. We will get into that coming up next, uh, talking about what's going on up at Utah State. But we are at the warehouse, the Salt Lake location, 1825 South, 300 West. Tom is with us. First of all, it's good to see you. We missed you last week. Amen. I know those those uh, you know Hans and Scotty. They're a riot, but you they're know. homies. <laughs> yeah, they're great. Scotty wasn't here. Scotty was. Uh, oh yeah, he was. Uh, he Reno. Was, yeah, he was in Reno, the biggest little city in the that world. That was a painful loss for Scotty. I think. I think he was depressed for the first hour. Well, uh, you know, things we had to do a Scotty special to get him cheered up. That's well, hey, anything we got to do. Scotty usually has a pretty bright perspective on the world. If he was feeling down, yeah, yeah got to bring does. him up a little bit. And hey, Gordon, Tom. I haven't heard any personal comments about that win up in Boise against the Blue Turf guys, and I'm trying to yeah. be kind or gentle because I took it a little bit rough on him. But it I was, heard that it, it was it I was it was game day. It was time to get you were fired up. It, it was time yeah. to get fired up. Yeah, yeah, and you were, and they they played great in that game. Hey Tom, I don't want to creep you out, but yeah, uh-oh, I got to tell you, when I wake up in the morning, one of the first people I think of is Tom. That is a little that, creepy. That, that's not is creepy. that creepy? I don't mean to no, creep I, you out or anything. Hey, but that it's, makes it's me because feel of love, my man. my my new my new bed that I got from you guys, and I, I you know once you have one of these you don't know how you ever didn't have one, you know just they're the greatest that, they change oh. your life yeah yeah have you and written an article in the bed with the back adjusted up yet I haven't done that yet but I I, I fully plan on it yeah good news mm-hmm. hey I I I want to take a personal second here. Scotty, it is Veterans Day, and we're talking about your grandpa and um, Jake. Sorry, I called you Scotty. That happens. This is my dad. Oh, look at that! In the Navy. Here's my mom and dad. Wow, that's they a great were married picture. seventy-five years. That's a great picture. Here is my dad at the World War II Memorial on Memorial Day two years ago. Oh, that's amazing. My dad was asked by the Pentagon to lay the wreath at the World War II Memorial for the Navy. Wow, what an He's honor. He's the only Utah ever to be honored with that distinction. That's amazing. That's amazing. And my dad was an incredible uh, war hero. My dad saw every major battle. My dad was the radar team. My dad was in the first radar school for Navy. Wow. That's I think amazing. there were 24 guys. Then he was uh, put on the USS Salt Lake City, which was the second 
ship in the U.S. fleet to have radar. How about that? And then my dad was the one. Have you seen the movie Midway? Yeah. Yeah. And you saw the radar team who caught those Japanese uh, zeros headed towards yep. Midway. My dad was the radar wow. man. Amazing. Who did wow. Amazing. Wow. Amazing. Literally a part of history. It was. My dad, um, last second, sorry. Oh, my dad got interviewed by the veterans video team. And they sat down with, and this was about a month before my dad died. And my dad was the healthiest 97-year-old you've ever seen. And then the wheels fell off, and two oh, months man. later he was gone. No, it was good because he was really healthy, and then it yeah. happened quick. So uh, they came and they videotaped my dad. My dad took them four hours straight, my dad telling them every story that the Salt Lake City, and, and the Salt Lake City is the most dedicated ship in U.S. history. It was in every single battle in the Pacific Theater. So my dad saw the flag raised at Iwo Jima. Sure. My dad, the Enola Gay, and if you know what that airplane is, uh -huh. my dad was part of that raid, uh, relay team that sent the signal back to the White House. My dad was involved with that. Amazing. He escorted McCarthy into the Philippines. So we honor veterans. So we're going to do a special, I'm going to call it our Black Friday sales event because we're going to start it today. But we're going to give anybody who served in the military today, tomorrow, Saturday, just come in and talk to us. We're going to give you 25%. You've never heard me do 25. It's always been 20. Mm -hmm. Anybody who's a veteran, we're going to give you 25% off anything in the store. Wow. Awesome. This week through next Monday. That's great. And then we're going to do a special, uh, we're going to call, my dad's the original Clayton Curl. Okay. So my dad, then my brother, now my son, and hopefully we'll get Clayton married so I have a grandson, Clayton. <laughs> Keep it rolling. He deserves it. Yeah. 25% <laughs> off. 25% off. And we'll do a special next break, a special adjustable bed deal, because this is the time, the Black Friday special deal for veterans. All right. 1825 South, 300 West. It's the warehouse. Of course, location as well, 86 East University Parkway. We'll have more big show coming up straight ahead. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is DJ and PK. Brian Taylor joins us, Real Golf Radio. So whose form do you really like? Who's really in a good place coming into Augusta? If I only had one guy to pick this week, I'd take Justin Thomas. He's got three wins on the year. He's a 13-time winner on tour. He's right in that spot where I've won one major, ready to take on another one. I love Justin Thomas this week. Xander Schauffele is another one. And then Dustin Johnson. He had two weeks off for COVID, but he's the number one player in the world. He's just complete solid play, three wins on tour. So those are the three guys that I'm looking for, JT, Xander, and Dustin Johnson going into this week. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. You're locked on to The Big Show, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Well, they, you know, <laughs> what didn't they do to pull away would be the biggest thing. It was, uh, it was a complete, just physical beatdown. Um... And, and when I say that, that uh, I say that to everybody, myself, the coaches, strength coaches, everybody that's involved. But right now, physically, that's two weeks in a row. And there's two or three games we go to last year also. And, and I'm not going to use any, any, excuse my French, I'll just hold my breath there on that one. Uh, there's no excuses for we didn't get a train. We didn't get to do this. We didn't have this. It was all this. They were, weren't with us. Yeah, it, that's the way it is, man. And we physically got dominated in in the second half. And quite frankly, we got dominated the whole the whole the whole game on offense. I mean, seven first downs. It's pathetic. Makes me want to puke. Band of the day today: Willie Nelson, selected by all of us, really, and brought to you by Live Nation Concerts. Buy concert tickets and get the latest tour news and artist insight at LiveNation.com. Gordon Willie Nelson joined the Air Force after high school. And I have a, 
Well, sorry, what, go did, ahead. what did he do in the Air Force? I mean, I mean was he flying I don't planes? Think he, or was he... I don't think he served very long. He was eventually medically discharged due to back problems, but did serve in the mm. Air Force for a time. I found a, uh, a list of uh, 20 celebrities that you wouldn't suspect to be veterans. Real I'll quick, before we us. get to Utah State, you want to do this real quick? Yeah. Tony Bennett All joined right. the Army in 1944. Clint Eastwood drafted during the Korean War. Mel Brooks was a member of the Army Corps of Engineers. Uh, Don Knotts, your favorite, uh, served in the <laughs> Army, started in 1943. Uh, Sidney Portier, um, let's see, he li- at 16, he lied about his age, uh, joined the military as a medical attendant at a mental hospital in New York. Mm. Uh, Mr. T served in the Army. He was an MP. He was in the military police. Oh, wow. Tom Selleck was in the National Guard. Elvis Presley. Of course, everybody kind of knows that one, right? He famously was drafted in 1957. Uh, Chuck Norris was in the Air Force, served in South Korea. Um, Adam Driver, who was in the, uh, the new Star Wars movies, right? He um, joined the Marines after September 11th. Oh, wow, uh, really? Drew Carey served in the Marine Corps from 1980 to 1986. Uh, your guy, Gordon, Hugh Hefner, was in the Army. <laughs> was he really? Uh-huh. Uh huh. Jimi Hendrix. Did he have um, a pic- did he have a picture of Betty Grable up on his wall? I don't know. Uh, Jimi Hendrix was in the 101st Airborne. Wow. Uh, M.C. Hammer joined the Navy. Uh, Pat Sajak. Uh, let's see here. Served in Vietnam from '68 to '69. I would have thought uh, M.C. Hammer would be in the Air Force with his parachute pants. Ah, I see what you did there. Morgan Freeman was in the Air Force. Uh, B. Arthur, how about that? Served as a typist and a truck driver in the Marine Corps Women's Reserve during World War II. Wow. Bob Ross, the painter, uh, was in the U.S. Air Force. And uh, last one, how about this? I didn't know this. Ice T uh, joined the Army after high school. All right, then. So there you go. Twenty famous people you didn't know were veterans. All right, uh, Gordon. Let's talk. Uh, let's talk a little bit about your column and about Utah State. You heard Gary Anderson uh, right there with his strong words, and uh, that we said this. Uh, uh, I think it was Monday, but but those sounded like words of somebody that was feeling the heat that was in the pressure cooker. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think he felt a lot of heat from within. Uh, himself, but uh, but anyway, his the column is about Gary Anderson and his unusual career, and I remember talking with Gary back before he was ever uh, made a head coach. Well, not I mean, at the, I think he'd already coached at uh, at so- Southern Utah, but he uh, he was uh, so energetic and so capable and so ambitious. And so full of uh, uh, vigor to want to go out and do it, and, and he was. And when he uh, was doing the fine job he did at Utah as an assistant and as a, a coordinator, I thought this guy's going to make a terrific head coach. And Utah State was smart enough to hire him the first time. And what did he do? He went up there and built that program into something that hadn't been for a long, long time. And did a real nice job there. And then he bounces to Wisconsin. And uh, there he wins 20 out of 27 games and then bounces from there. Uh, Why would you leave a job like that? Well, he did. Uh, There are pressures everywhere of different sorts. And he left there to go to Corvallis? What, are you kidding me? A lot of people baffled by that one. And he goes up there and puts his staff in place and then uh, really struggles and then walks out in the middle of a season and leaves that job and uh, ends up back at Utah as an assistant. And then what does he do? He he gets hired at Utah State and then uh, walks out on another job because it uh, wasn't going the way he thought it was and should. And, well, other people thought that too, but, it's uh, it's a curious path on the part of a guy that I think is a fine coach, but he he's he's just made some strange turns in his career. Yeah, strange is a good way to put it, and and there's a lot of backstory that that neither one of us know. Um, you know, because leaving Wisconsin was a curious move. We we heard things about how he didn't think recruiting was going well because of some standards that Wisconsin had, and he he didn't like his boss. You know, we've heard these rumors, and then. 
you know, Oregon State, uh, that is a really tough, tough place to win. And I, I think Gary went through a lot at Oregon State, probably a lot more than, than we know. And, and it was great of Kyle to kind of help him, uh, you know, rejuvenate his career. And he, I think Utah, I think the Utah State job was the only job that he could have possibly gotten in yep. Division One football. And mm-hmm. so I, I get why you jumped at that. And then, you know, Gordon, I, I don't know. Maybe he's, he's lost some of that gusto that made him so good. Maybe he picked up some, uh, I don't know, bad habits along the way. I, I, I really am not sure. Uh, but I, I agree with your assessment that it, it's strange. And I'm, I'm with you. I, 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 I remember when Gary left to go to Wisconsin and a topic on sports radio a couple of years after he left was, is the Gary magic gone at Utah state, you know, had this, Mm -hmm. this magic aura about him. And I don't, I I would be really curious if he ever, uh, you know, chooses to write a book someday, I'll buy it. Cause I'd be curious as to that. It's not the pathway you see with most coaches in college football. Right. It's not. And he's the people I talk to who know him, well say that he's a different guy now than he was earlier on for all kinds of these reasons uh this path that he's taken these hits that he's taken these disappointments that he's run that he's run across and uh it's it's yeah it's compelling uh his his story and i think uh last saturday he was absolutely fried and wanted out and um uh, probably could have stayed, but uh, decided to, he wanted out now, and that's what happened. So, another now he's uh, he's out of it, and I keep an eye on him. Will he ever coach again? I don't know. Let's see. How old is Gary now? He's in his mid fifties or something. What do you say? Sounds about right. Uh, we can look it up, but uh, you know, I I Google. Uh, we found that out yesterday. I do Google. You are actually capable of Google. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's curious. It just I, the, the the energy with which he spoke when I talked to him, and I and I and other people recommended him for that job at Utah State. We all thought that's a great move, and it was a good move at the time for the Aggies. And uh, he was so full of that that uh, that passion, and uh, I don't sense that from what I've seen out of him recently. And I think he'd, he'd had enough of it. So. You know, I wonder if, if the politics of the job um, were difficult for him or got to him. Um, just because we, we know this. Uh, I remember uh, filling in for Hanson Scotty on a football Friday with, with uh, Lavelle Edwards and talking a little bit about this. The, the head coach, his, your job is no longer about football. You know, when you get the head coaching job, it is, but it isn't right. There's all these other things that come into play, like relationships with the university and your athletic director and fundraising and being the mouthpiece for the program. And all these all these things that are are not related to coaching football or X's and O's or recruiting, all this other peripheral stuff that you all of a sudden have to negotiate. And I think sometimes just because you're a a really good football coach doesn't mean you're going to be really good at that stuff. Or, or that that stuff is going to be any less difficult because you're a really good football coach. I think, like, um, and this is, you know, obvious speculation, but I think we saw Steve Sarkeesian go through something similar, and that resulted in some, some demons, you know, that he really had to deal with, being the pressure of the head coach at USC and the head coach at Washington. You know, that stuff, that comes with a whole different ball game than just fielding a competitive football team. Yeah, isn't that the old saying, uh, careful what you wish for? Right. You know, right. sometimes it isn't exactly what you think. Remember that Bruce Springsteen song about the, the dream he had of catching the, the uh, big catfish? Uh, and he uh, finally hooked into him and, they, and the, the thing pulled him into the river. <laughs> and he was floating down the river next to a bunch of rusty, rusty cans and whatnot. Uh, with every wish comes a curse, you know, and I think that's the way it is sometimes in a, in a, in a profession like coaching. Everybody thinks it's uh, a really a good thing. And, and you know, obviously it's uh, lucrative if you can make it to a head coaching position at a high level program. And uh, yeah, sometimes it's not what you think it's going to be. It's not what you want it to be. And, uh, you know, Gary probably, I don't know, I'm not his accountant, but I imagine he probably has a decent stash of money stacked up. 
and uh, just doesn't have to uh, to deal with that anymore. But anyway, it's you know uh, you know it's, who... it's different than he's different than any coach I've ever I've ever taken a study of in my career. You know who was actually fairly decent at dealing with that stuff, but really hated it, and you could tell he really hated it. Who's that? Bronco. <laughs> All he wanted to do was coach football, and you could tell he didn't like talking to the media. He had to like create a whole new persona of himself to deal with BYU, and he was actually pretty good at it, right? Uh, managing all that, stayed at BYU a long time, had success, you know, doing that sort of thing. But you could tell that he didn't like it, and all he wanted to do was coach football. Uh-huh. Yeah. But yeah. anyway, all right. Uh, we want to remind you about our friends at Syringa Networks, home to complete business telecom and IT solutions backed by an industry-leading SLA that guarantees the uptime your business needs. Uh, it's effective communication for 21st Century Utah. Get started now at syringanetworks.net. Uh, we've got Eric Walden going to join the show from the Salt Lake Tribune. He covers the jazz at the top of the 3 o'clock hour. Uh, he had a great breakdown in the trib on uh, the deal that was uh, agreed upon officially yesterday, so we'll get his, his thoughts on that. Uh, there are a couple of other NBA notes out there. We'll get to that coming up next. Live at the Warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West. Big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Take The Zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of The Zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and the Zone Sports Network. Utah's highest-rated, most-listened-to-sports-radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show, presented by Big O' Tires. Stop by your locally-owned Big O' Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O' Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. an amazing song this song is titled what this is titled roll me up and smoke me when i die by (laughs) willie nelson i love willie nelson uh gordon uh we've got eric walden coming up top three o'clock hour so we'll obviously talk some nba basketball and we can we can circle around to this uh, a little bit later on in the show but uh you noticed some comments today by isaiah thomas I did. Uh, Isaiah, Isaiah, in his own way, he's just a piece of work, and and, he, and we know exactly we, we we know exactly what uh, Michael Jordan thinks of Isaiah Thomas, and now Isaiah Thomas turns and says essentially that Michael Jordan was not even uh, one of the top uh, four or five players he he uh, he was concerned with. In his day, he mentioned Magic and Bird and Dr. J and uh, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and he said that he dominated Michael Jordan. And he, in the past, he has said that Michael Jordan. I think he lists him what, like he lists five or six guys ahead of him as far as better players, and so he made comment on that again, and. I, I just don't know what to make about that. Of that, it just seems ridiculous. But that's what he said. He said, "Quote: Just head to head, I was dominant over him until '91, yep. when I basically had career-ending wrist surgery. Up until then, my record against him and his team—it it really wasn't competitive." There, unquote. This might be my favorite thing that Isaiah Thomas has ever done. <laughs> Is I, this is the ultimate uh, troll job to somebody who Michael Jordan who needs to be trolled. Like it, that documentary was him strutting around like he's the god of basketball uh, every every Sunday night on your television. And I love this is amazing for Isaiah Thomas to be like, yeah, I dominated that bro. I don't know what you're talking about. I smoked that guy all the time. Look at the record. You call him the best of all time. I didn't think he was that good. <laughs> You like that. It's amazing. That's amazing. That is hilarious. 
I didn't think he was well, that good. I actually dominated more than I didn't. So, hmm. Everybody puts him number one. I got him like number five. <laughs> That's amazing. It's just wrong. Oh, I uh, says you. Isaiah Thomas was actually there playing. His opinion's more relevant to the matter than yours. Well, I'm more right than he is. Why? Why? Why is that true? Are you going to sit there and argue with me about how whether Michael Jordan was in the top five basketball players of all time? No, I'm not. But I'm going to argue to you that Isaiah Thomas's opinion on the matter is certainly a lot more relevant than either yours or mine. Well, uh, yeah, but uh, I don't care how relevant it is. Didn't Jordan uh, who, who's, lose who's, until who's right? uh, Isaiah was done? He, he beat Isaiah. That was like his final hurdle right uh, and then isaiah retired in a year basically later. was yeah. was at the end of his career which is exactly what isaiah is saying like hey I, when I, I was on top of my game i won more than i lost <laughs> well he's not wrong about that by the way isaiah was a terrific basketball player I'm not, I'm not saying that but you know and you enjoy this when people are putting other people down putting them down putting them down when he's the greatest ever come on i just think says it's you funny. not says isaiah i just think i it's think funny. it's hilarious but is Isaiah was Jordan better than LeBron now? I think so. Yeah. Uh, not Isaiah Thomas would probably disagree with you. Yeah, yeah and, he would. And is is Jordan better than Wilt? Statistically, no. Well, that's a tough one. I got to admit, Wilt was something special. I mean, he. But I, I, I still go with with Jordan. I mean, I saw Wilt play. I, I saw. I've, I saw Wilt come to Salt Lake when the ABA stars were here, and um, I've, they used to practice at our stake gym, the Liberty Wells Center. That's huh. where the stars practiced. And I went and watched him, and I watched Wilt, and it was like he was, he was standing at the free throw line, jumping, dunking the ball, long jumping. Amazing. Up. But his stats, and this was, this was just an exhibition game yeah. because two different leagues, but, oh, my gosh, he was incredible. That is I Tom. Remember, Clay- I remember. I remember having that conversation with Mark Eden, and uh, Mark was pretty convinced that Wilt was the best. He benched what five hundred and fifty pounds, and had a thirty, uh, forty-eight inch vertical. He was. Look they, that up. They, I think I'm right. Yeah, I don't know, but you know, let's not uh, pretend like Wilt didn't have a habit of uh, exaggerating yeah. some things. So yeah. I and, don't know. You know, five hundred. Yeah. You know. And here's the other down. thing about that. And Jake, but you, I heard you Carl all, you, you always 500. you always rip uh, Shaq for not being skilled at basketball, right? He was. Uh, well, yeah. well, Wilt wasn't ah! exactly filled with skill. I mean, he was just dominant. He okay. was big and stronger than everybody else. How, how many points did he one year? He averaged 20 rebounds, 12 assists, and 50 points. That sounds pretty skilled to me. Pretty amazing. Yeah, oh, we are here. How, at the how did he do it? He I didn't do it. Uh, he didn't know. do it with a soft. He did a lot touch, of. He did a lot of dunks. That is yeah. Tom Clayton is with us as well. We're at the Salt Lake location, 1825 South, 300 West, of course, 86 East University Parkway, in Orem. Uh, what I we... did that on purpose to kind of rib Clayton because Clayton and Chris were always. Get on me because I say Wilt's the best of all time. I like it. See, you're trolling them too. You're yeah. doing what Isaiah is doing to somebody's got to keep Clayton humble. Yeah, for me. No, because no, because Tom really believes that. Yeah, Isaiah, he does. I'm not sure he does. He, my dad, really does believe that. But for me, it will always be a push off forever and ever. Amen. And ever. Oh, I certainly think Isaiah really believes it. No, the push up, Brian Russell. Yeah, Jordan. that's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah, never forget. We flew from Salt Lake to Chicago and. Gordon Monson was in first class in the same row across the Typical. aisle. Us, us mortals were in the back of the bus. Yeah, you didn't no, need to say Gordon was in first class. We were in assumed. first cl- class across the row. I'm Gordon Monson. <laughs> and Clayton went in there, and Ron Boone helped us get tickets for that second game because we only had tickets for the first that was game. The first, that was the first series, 1996-97. I was only six years old, seven years Clayton old. Clayton went into that building, the, uh, the United Center, and in his regalia up to his eyeballs, Utah Jazz, and people were yelling and screaming and throwing stuff fun. at him. By the end of the game, they were hugging Clayton because Chicago, oh, I'm sorry, they all loved Clayton. <laughs> wait a second, wait a second. They were throwing things at a seven-year-old kid? Oh, yeah, Clayton was standing on his chair. Let's go, Jazz. 
and popcorn. Everybody bad. around us was just. There's a bunch of other jazz fans that got other stuff thrown at them, but we just got like popcorn and That's stuff. Not so bad. <laughs> Uh, we've got Eric Walden coming up next, so stay tuned. We'll talk more NBA. But right now, you teased in the last live. Uh, this that, is the uh, veteran special. We, we've been talking for two weeks now about this deal that I got from an insurance company. This is the best deal. Do not wait. Take this Black Friday advantage. Take the Veterans Day advantage, and we're going to give veterans a special deal. I have an adjustable bed that's a queen that has the Bluetooth module. I'm going to give you a gel-infused memory foam or a gel-infused hybrid, your choice. The base is $17.99. You come in here, I'll show it to you on Amazon. Exactly the same brand, same manufacturer, same warranty, everything's the same. And the mattress is $1,200. So what's $17.99 and $1,200? That's $29.99 on Amazon. I'm going to do it for $8.99, and if you are a veteran, Clayton's going to get really mad. That's why I made sure he was on. We're going to deliver it to you today, tomorrow, Friday, Saturday, Monday. Four days only. Free. Free? That's if you, live in wow. Salt, if you live in Salt Lake today because I heard Park City, it's too hard to go up the canyon. Yeah, we're not driving to Park City. Today. That's amazing. Free. I don't think you've ever done free. Never done it, but we're no. going to do that for veterans awesome. in honor of the original Clayton Curl. Pretty cool. All right, take advantage of it. Come on down, 1825 South, 300 West, also 86 East, University Parkway. More next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. Interim head coach at Utah State, Frank Milake. Obviously, it's not an easy process or transition. Uh, when you lose somebody you love dear to you who's been leading the team, a lot of these guys are here because of Gary. So uh, for these guys, they took it kind of hard. It was unexpected, obviously. But I think they understand that, that it's... You know, the brotherhood has always been about the family, right? And no matter what happens, good or bad, they got to stick together. And uh, Coach Anderson's done a great job installing that into these young men. And so they're carrying that forward uh, in behalf of him. And they're going to fight to the end. So these guys have done a good job so far transitioning. Obviously, some of them are probably still hurt, but uh, there's no better way to stay focused and, and, and to get past it but to get right back in the ball. Hanson Scotting, weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. 